welcome to the Full Cast and Crew podcast. This is a special episode that I'm recording. The reason I'm doing this is I was just uploading next week's episode, and I realized we have 122 episodes to date on the pod. And if you are new to the podcast, which some of you obviously are, because I hear from you when you discover it, and thank you so much for reaching out and expressing how much you're enjoying the time and the effort that we put into researching and recording and editing the podcast, because it's really those uh, notes of appreciation that make it all worthwhile. Otherwise, you know, there's nothing we gain from doing this podcast, certainly financially. So hearing that it means something to people who appreciate films and TV shows the same way that we here at the pod do is the reason to do it. Okay, so if you're new to the pod, it's pretty simple. This is a podcast about movies and TV shows of which there are 100 million podcasts I get. I guess the difference in this podcast is in my approach. And before I tell you a little bit about how I approach the episodes and the research and the time and the effort to put into them, I'll tell you a little bit about myself in case you happen to be curious about that. My name is Jason Silo. I'm the president and founder of a New York City-based television production company called Meeting House Productions. And I've been in the television business since 1995 in a variety of capacities. And at my present job, I run this production company that makes television series for U.S. cable networks and streaming entities. We produce this podcast. We develop content. We sell content around the world. We're involved in distribution. Uh, so we do a whole variety of things involving content creation and production. The origin of the podcast came about because a few years ago, it became apparent that becoming facile as a production company in the making of podcasts would be a smart thing for us to do as a company. So I approached my then colleague, uh, Chris Kapiniak, and said, why don't we just do something that's relatively easy to do that we can do here in the office? And we're not really doing it because we think it's going to take off and become some, you know, Joe Rogan-esque successful one in 100 millionth podcast. But again, because we wanted to learn how to do it. Separately, I'm going to record a So You Want to Make a Podcast episode because I get asked a lot about how to do it. And rather than spending, you know, an hour and a half or two hours each time I get those requests with people, it occurred to me it'd be very easy just to record a special episode that covers all of the stuff I've learned, and I'm by no means an expert, over the years in producing and distributing this podcast independently. And so I'm going to do that as well. But in this one, uh, again, tracing the origins of the pod, Chris and I just set out to have funny, interesting conversations. We were colleagues. He worked for my production company at the time. We're very different. We're different in age. He's much more your uh, millennial type. I'm much more a grizzled 50-something. So we had an interesting dichotomy and a difference of approach, but Chris was whip smart, very funny, a brilliant writer, and super creative. He was an actor, a writer, comic book, uh, comic book author. I mean, he was a very interestingly well-rounded person in so many different ways, and he brought so much to the pod. And I'm forever grateful to him for the first 64 episodes of the pod, which he co-hosted with me, and which he also edited and handled all of the uploading and management of the data which of course I had no idea what a big job that was at the time. So we didn't 
we, we obviously didn't pick a unique category uh, in which to launch our podcast effort. <laughs> had we thought about it a little bit more, I may have chosen a niche that had a greater chance of standing out as unique. But be that as it may, this is what I've always been interested in. I love movies. I've always loved movies. I love TV shows. Growing up as I did, uh, the only child of a single mom in the 70s and in the 80s, you know, television for me was more than just something to occupy my time. It fulfilled various roles in my life. It, uh, it was an escape at times from difficult things that were going on in the home. And it always, always, always was something that I was interested in. So Chris and I decided to do the podcast. We settled on the uniquely uh, amazing never before done concept of a movie podcast. And we produced our very first episode, which was Saturday Night Fever, which ironically would go on to be such a great representative episode of the podcast. And I highly recommend that people check it out if you want to hear us fumbling around for the very first time and figuring this process out. Now, a little bit about the other thing that I think makes, well, there's a few things that I think make the podcast unique. One is production value. Now, I'm not sitting here in a professional audio recording facility. I'm in my office. Uh, I do and have learned over the few years I've been doing this to get a little bit more professional in how I record and how I mix and edit. And I've taken a more recent leap with that. I'm going to save all that for the episode that I'll do, which is going to be sort of an on-demand episode about how to do a podcast if you're interested in doing one. But basically, it was always important to us because we are a production company that this podcast sound good between your ears. You know, we work in a business where at, at various times we've worked with a lot of comedians. I always say about comedians in general that 99% of comedians that you might encounter are not funny. 1% of comedians are truly original, hilarious, worthwhile, original thinkers. And the ratio is really that broad. Well, I think the ratio in podcasts, if you've sampled some, is pretty much the same when you step out of what I've always semi-facetiously called the podcast industrial complex. And by that, I mean podcasts that are produced by the big podcasting companies, hosted usually by big famous celebrities, having the greatest production value, having a team of you know dedicated people working behind the scenes to make sure everything looks and sounds and has graphics and all this kind of stuff, social media presence. You know, that's obviously the highest tier of the podcasting game. Now, me personally, I do listen to some of those, but what I gravitate to is the, the niche podcasting area where people are doing things because it's in a specific area of interest and they are paying enough attention to the production values and the other aspects of making something that sounds good and is easy for you to consume in a professional manner with a voice and a background and a preparation that actually stands a chance of providing you something worthwhile in terms of content. So that's always been the underpinning. We want to do our research. We don't want to just talk about movies we like and talk about them. We always have, and I always have done the reading and the research and gone behind the scenes. I'm really interested in making of anecdotes. I think the business of making movies the reality on the ground of making movies is and always has been fascinating. What makes a movie good, what, what allows lightning to be captured in a bottle is always different. And 
it's been a real joy to read about movies where people had amazing experiences that turned out an amazing end result, or equally experiences where people were not having fun, but turned out an amazing result. We're not really the podcast where we're going to talk about train wrecks for the sake of sort of dumping on something that's, you know, so bad it's good, although we have done a few episodes like that. But even when we've done episodes like that, I may think that about a movie, or Chris may have thought that about a movie, but one or the other of us usually is a champion of the film that we're doing. And there's one exception, but I'll get to that later in criminally underappreciated episodes of the pod, which is going to be a section that I'm going to talk about here. So the thing that you might notice if you're new to the pod, I hope, is that there's a tremendous amount of research that's gone into the episode before you ever hear the episode. So whether it's The Muppet Show or Deliverance, I've read the books, I've watched the making of featurettes, I've, I've kind of absorbed all the stuff that you can absorb. And I've tried to synthesize that into a discussion, either with just you as the listener or with my guest that I think is going to be productive and rewarding. That's kind of the background of the pod. And I think if there's anything that people seem to respond to, it's that they enjoy that aspect of what it is that we're doing here. So what I want to do in this episode is just kind of run through some of the history of the podcast episodes in different categories so that you can kind of pick and choose if you're new to the pod, what you might enjoy listening to. I'm going to run through the most popular episodes, the ones that have been downloaded the most. I'm going to run through criminally underappreciated episodes that I think are really, really good that for one reason or another did not resonate with audiences and generate a lot of downloads. I'm going to talk about some of the great guests that we've had on. Most are recurring. I'm going to talk about my personal favorite episodes, things that, that sort of speak to my life experience and that come from a very personal place. I'm going to talk about some of the episodes that hit some of what are my favorite films or have become some of my favorite films uh, over the course of doing the podcast. So as I said, the first 64 episodes of the pod up to the Star Wars holiday special episode with guest Dan Hartley all involve me and my then co-host Chris. And that's a very specific dynamic. Uh, we did clever kind of written intros. We had sort of produced segments that we would do running down headlines of the day. Uh, we developed things like the Columbo cinematic universe. Uh, you may hear various, um, you may hear different recorded bits that introduce concepts like the Columbo cinematic universe. For example, you might hear this tone sometimes. Put that one back. And what that is, is alternative casting. So that means we're talking about a movie or a TV show. And we've done the research to bring to you some of the people that were also considered for roles in that movie or TV show, but didn't get those parts. And that's kind of fascinating to contemplate what might have been. You might also hear this. Columbo Cinematic Universe. Ah, one more thing. That means we are about to discuss, just as you heard, the Columbo Cinematic Universe. And that comes from the fact that Columbo was a very important show to me growing up. It's one of the connections I have to my father. Um, and it became just a funny thing to trace people who appeared in well-known movies and TV shows and find out that more often than not, someone appeared in a Columbo. And so the concept of the Columbo cinematic universe is just a funny little aside that you will hear usually teased up by that sound effect. 
uh, done by our great audio engineer, Matt the Engineer. You also hear from Matt the Engineer from time to time in the episodes. He may interject. He's got a jaunty little musical theme. And he is a musical genius. He is a editing and audio genius. And he has mixed all of the content that my production company has produced forever. And he also tends to usually mix this pod. Uh, although now that I have this fancy mixing board sitting in front of me, I may alleviate some of Max, Matt's workload, which he'll probably appreciate. Anyway, you might hear those things, and that's what those refer to. Now, Chris and I did have guests from time to time in those first 64 episodes. So you'll see that when I talk about guests, some of them will go back to those days and some of them will be uh, more specific to the episodes that I've recorded since episode 64. So episode 65 to 122 and counting are me as a solo host, sometimes with guests, sometimes with without. If I'm doing an episode without a guest, it's either something that's sort of personal to me or something that I was captivated by or went down the wormhole of that I want to share with you that I think is worthwhile. I don't just natter on at the microphone for no reason. So if I'm going to do an episode, like I recently did a solo episode about Top Gun Maverick, it's because I think that movie and seeing that movie in a theater was so important and instructive about the moment that we're in, in terms of people going to the movies. And that type of movie, that type of experience is one that I feel like sharing because it occurs to me as I delve into the making of the film that there's a lot more going on than just munching popcorn, downing Twizzlers and soda and being entertained. And you certainly are when you go see that film. But it's the idea of how are we getting people to be incentivized to go to the movies and then the technical aspects of how they did what they did on screen, I think are worthwhile sharing. So I do brief episodes sometimes with things like that that are just about what I found interesting about a given movie or TV show. Now, when we do have guests, sometimes they're one-off guests. I've done a few episodes with authors of film books, and I'll cover that in a second. But mostly, I've developed a little roster of repeat guests who are different from each other and have um, just have unique perspectives on things that I enjoy hearing from. So people that have been on the pod more than once uh, include Fraser Rice, who has come on to discuss uh, the James Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And he also came back and we discussed the most recent James Bond film and Bond Futures and what the universe of Bond holds as Amazon takes over partial ownership of the intellectual property and the casting for the next Bond will be what it will be. And so Frazier's appeared a couple of times to join me to talk about the joys of the Bond cinematic universe. Most recently, Ted Jessup is a, a three-time appear on the podcast. Ted is a guy that I worked with going back here at the production company. He's a comedy writer. He's worked on innumerable, uh, hilarious and brilliant television series. You should Google him. You can learn something about his career there. Uh, he's joined me to talk about Rosemary's Baby in episode 75, The Odessa File in episode 86, and in an episode that I think is going to be 123, which is Deliverance. So Ted's appeared on the pod three times, and his episodes are very funny. He does hilarious impressions sometimes of famous lines from the movie, and he's got a great subtle wit and intelligence. Lee Wilkoff is an actor with an amazing career spanning, I don't know, 50, 60 years, uh, going back to the late 60s. 
who's worked in film, television, theater, and he's a real, uh, he's a mensch. He's an actor's actor. He knows the life. He's lived the life of a working actor. He's been on every TV show you could think of from the 80s and the 90s. He's appeared on the pod twice, and perhaps by the time I release this, three times. So you can hear him on episode 45, which is a longer episode that Chris and I recorded with Lee, where we really talk about his life as an actor and his career. And it's filled with great anecdotes about the life on set, about working in TV, about being a guest star in a tightly knit recurring cast. All kinds of fascinating tidbits from Lee's amazing career are to be found in episode 45. He also joined me for episode 78, which is a great discussion about the Coen Brothers film Fargo. I've had great guests like my friend uh, Becca Faulkner, who is a uh, poet and appeared in uh, episode 65 about Harold and Maud, which is an important film to her teenage years uh, growing up in the north of England. My friend Bernie Kaminsky, who makes incredible paper mache art, and you have to look at his Instagram account. He, this guy is just a stunning, stunningly talented artist. He makes paper mache, Trump Lowell uh, creations that you will remember from your pop cultural childhood of the 70s and the 80s. He's starting to get some attention and coverage. Absolute genius. A great guy that I worked with all the way back to 1996 or 1997 or something. He appeared in uh, the Bad News Bears episode, Bad News Bears episode, which was a really fun revisit. Uh, Rick Brown is a college friend of mine. He's appeared on the pod a number of times, most recently to do the Muppet Show, which is I think episode 121. He appeared in Battlestar Galactica episode 120. He did Taxi, episode 116. He did WKRP, which is episode 113. Star Trek, episode 101. He did episode 87, North Dallas 40, episode 83, Columbo, episode 109, Warriors, and episode 74, Network. I think I've got that right. I do have a brief history on the podcast of being completely wrong and spacing actual information. Uh, I think someone just recently, uh, super listener, Stacy, you'll hear me sometimes use the phrase super listener. A super listener is someone who is a dedicated listener of the pod, is in frequent contact with me on the social media aspects of the pod and lets me know their thoughts and has been with the pod since the beginning. Super listener, Stacy is one such listener who I need to give a shout out. We actually went to high school together and uh, got reacquainted through the pod and social media. And she's a great, great listener of the pod. She, she's the one who pointed out that I once went into some detail about reminiscing about an episode of the podcast that I never actually recorded and released. So you have to take much of this with a grain of salt. Uh, anyway, Rick Brown is a deep, deep diving pop culture enthusiast like myself, puts a lot of time and effort into researching the episodes that we've done. And it's always been a pleasure to talk with him in great detail about the making of all of those incredible shows and TV series that I mentioned. My friend Bruce Edwards has joined me on the pod for what turned out to be two of the most popular episodes. Episode 114, we did the original Blade Runner. That skyrocketed over just a period of weeks to become the third most downloaded episode of the podcast ever. And it will probably become the second most and eventually the, the most downloaded episode of the podcast ever. And Bruce is a great guy. He knows a lot about science fiction. He knows a lot about the making of these 
classic science fiction films. He also joined me for episode 67, Alien. Both of those are excellent. I look forward to having Bruce back on. Those episodes are always a tremendous amount of fun. So those are just some of the voices that you might hear. There's a bunch of others that I'm not giving short shrift to, but I'm not going to name every single guest that's been on the podcast. Now, talking about the most downloaded episodes of of the uh, Full Cast and Crew podcast, you might be the type of listener who says, look, just give me the best of the best. Now, I don't know if these are the best of the best, but these are the episodes that are the most downloaded in the history of the podcast. Um, In reverse order, I think these are the top 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, these are the top 10 most downloaded episodes of all time. Number 10 is episode 63, David Fincher's Seven personal favorite of mine, exactly the kind of movie I think we excel at covering here on the podcast. A lot of layers, a lot of attention paid by the filmmakers into little details like how things are framed and the audio track and the soundtrack and the music. Episode 60, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is an episode that Chris and I did. I mean, you have to love this film. You have to love John Candy. It's a pleasure. It was a pleasure to revisit this John Hughes film these two incredible performers in Steve Martin and John Candy and the, the heart and the humor. It just was a really fun episode to do. And I was so glad to see that it resonated with viewers. Episode 77 is a great episode uh, about the Coen brothers film, the big Lebowski, which is special to me because I had two great guests, Emily Simoness and the actor, Michael Chernus. Uh, who is a fantastic actor, uh, who you can see most recently in the Apple TV series Severance, which I highly recommend. I also did an episode touting Severance and why it's so great. But they joined me for a discussion about The Big Lebowski, which was cool because I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan, but I'd never really gotten The Big Lebowski. I never really understood what the big deal was. I liked other Coen Brothers films so much more than I liked The Big Lebowski, but in doing the prep and watching it a few times, to get ready for that episode, it immediately became one of my favorite Coen Brothers films. I finally got it after all those years. And I think that's another thing that I enjoy on the pod is having my, what I think is my conventional wisdom upended. So Big Lebowski episode 77 is great. Episode 83, Columbo, as I mentioned, is very special to my life. And Rick and I did a different format where we uh, had a listener submit a whole bunch of questions about Columbo, and we just use the that device as a way to discuss all the different things that we like. So it's a little bit different format. We cover a lot of great things about Columbo. Um, I think I'm going to do another Columbo episode soon because another super listener of the pod and a member of what I call the FCAC Mutual Instagram Appreciation Society, Joseph Schneider, Uh, who appears in a more recent episode about Peter Bogdanovich's film Targets, sent me a very scholarly text about Columbo, which I'm going to be looking forward to reading. And I think I want to do an episode about it when I'm done. Anyway, Columbo episode 83 is the the 10, 9, 8, 7th most downloaded episode of the Full Cast and Crew podcast. Episode 43 is at 6, National Lampoon's Vacation. Great episode, tremendous fun to do that movie. What a great, hilarious film. Lots to talk about there. Episode 67 is Alien. Uh, At the time I wrote this out a couple weeks ago, coming in at number four was Blade Runner, but as I said, that's moved up to number three. Uh, But Blade Runner, Jaws, episode 33, is another really fun deep dive into uh, a 
iconic film of the 70s. We were joined by Frank Ruggiero, another former colleague of ours here at Meeting House Productions. He is a Jaws super fan. He has a Jaws tattoo. Let's just put it that way. We get into that in the episode. The second most downloaded episode of all time has always struck me as a weird anomaly, and I'm not quite sure why it is, uh, but it's Bohemian Rhapsody, a film I really didn't like very much but that Chris and I covered at the time because it was such a phenomena and maybe because it was such a phenomena at the time. It's why the episode's got a tremendous amount of downloads. I really don't know. Uh, it's a great episode. It's really interesting to talk about that type of a film and what they could and couldn't do what they did and didn't do. And the number one most downloaded episode of all time is episode 38. Spike Lee's do the right thing. We did this uh, a couple of years ago when it was an anniversary of the film's release. And it's such a great and important film. We had a great time revisiting it, talking about the making of and just how influential and how, how much it still holds up. Uh, just a great, great example of the U.S. independent film movement. And uh, that's the number one most downloaded episode. So those 10 episodes are are the most popular, meaning those are the ones that have been downloaded the most. Now, here are six episodes that haven't been downloaded very much. And this is because maybe these are too niche or uh, they're maybe not widely known in one fashion or another. Uh, but these six episodes, I would also really point you to because I think they're all great in their own right and deserving of more attention. Uh, first up in that category is Light Sleeper. Great Paul Schrader film, episode 44. This is a movie from the 80s that's so 80s New York in such an amazing way. Great performance from Willem Dafoe. Uh, all the great Paul Schrader, iconic man alone type things going on. An amazing 80s New York decadent culture depicted on screen. Susan Sarandon is in it. It's a great film. I think we had a great discussion about it, and I'm really proud of that episode. Episode 40, uh, All That Jazz, Bob Fosse. I actually just had a new listener of the pod discover the pod, and she wrote on the Facebook page that she was scrolling down through the episodes, and I think she described herself as a Broadway musical baby. So she's extremely knowledgeable about Broadway musicals, and she saw that we had done All That Jazz, and she was like, oh, okay. Let me see if these guys actually have any idea what they're talking about. And she was writing on the Facebook page uh, and you can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. She was writing on the Facebook page to say, oh, you know what? I was really impressed. You guys really went deep, deep, deep into all that jazz. And we did. I'm a huge fan of Bob Fosse's filmmaking talents. All that jazz is a incredible film, whether you care about the subject matter or not. It plays with narrative. It is uh, technologically advanced for its time. It's uh, it, the way he jump cuts and plays with narrative and time is super fascinating. We talk all about that. Uh, Roy Scheider is phenomenal. The whole movie is just really an excellent and really underappreciated classic. So episode 40, all that jazz. Episode 20, Working Girl. I don't know why that didn't do better. This, this seems to me to be in the sweet spot of 80s nostalgia. And what a brilliant film. What great performances. Uh, what a brilliant director in Mike Nichols. We got all into the details of how they made Working Girl, played a lot of great clips, and uh, for some reason or another, just didn't really resonate with listeners. 
Similarly, episode 39, Reversal of Fortune. Great film with Jeremy Irons. Uh, a big, a big, a, a movie that Chris and I both loved and is always fun to revisit. Um, maybe it's too niche. I don't know. Now, the only one on this that's a film, and I know why this one didn't do bad, the one I'm about to say, it didn't do well because the movie sucks. Now, I said before, we don't really do films just to dump on them. Try not to be negative here on the podcast. There's enough negativity in the world and online. So we always kind of strive to have something worthwhile to say. And you will hear me at times on the podcast not liking a movie and saying so, but I think always judging it fairly and calling it as I see it. This one we chose to do, the second most criminally underappreciated episode of the Fullcast Group podcast. We, we chose it specifically because we both knew we would not like it. Uh, and it's The Notebook with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, not Ryan Reynolds. Who am I talking about? The other guy. Guy from Blade Runner 2049, who I love, whose name I can't remember right now. This is another thing you're going to hear on the pod. I can't do math, and I frequently have just shockingly massive absences of recall. Ryan Gosling, that's what I'm talking about. The Notebook, the tear, the rain-drenched, tear-soaked, romantic comedy mismatch mess of a film. Chris and I talking about this and really looking into the making of it, I thought was just so fun and fascinating. But because it's The Notebook, nobody... I mean, I guess you have to, it, it probably came out a little too early in the, in the run of the pod for people to say, oh, I can't wait to hear what these guys have to say about the notebook. They were probably like, why are they doing the notebook? Good question, but it's all answered if you listen to the pod. And the number one most criminally underappreciated episode of the Full Cast and Crew podcast is Chameleon Street. Now, this is an episode that's really important to me personally, because at the time that I first encountered this, this film, I was uh, out of college, living in New Haven on my own. And this was the heyday in the early 90s of the American independent cinema movement. And filmmakers like Hal Hartley and Spike Lee were making really interesting films. And Chameleon Street just is a movie that I saw at the video store, which I have come to subsequently learn that the uh, writer, actor, internet personality John Hodgman was working at the video store that I rented all of my films from at the time. Of course, I didn't I didn't know that he was, quote, John Hodgman at the time, nor would he remember me. But that's something that I've pieced together subsequent. Anyway, Chameleon Street is a fantastic American independent film. It's an incredibly important film by a African-American auteur who should have been given the opportunity to make any number of subsequent features, but didn't for a variety of reasons. I've been a big, big supporter of this film. I was really, really excited to deep dive into the making of it to share it with people. And because people haven't really seen it widely, although it did just have a moment last year and it got kind of re-released and there was a nice little wave of attention in the film community for Chameleon Street, which I was really glad to see. And I highly recommend that you check that episode out and watch that film if you are at all interested. Okay, I also mentioned there's some episodes that are just special to me personally, things where you might hear a little bit more about me or about my life, should you be so inclined. Uh, Silence of the Lambs episode was great because it features my wife, Amanda Charlton, who is a theater director and creative force of her own filmmaker, writer. Uh, that's episode 35. And what was unique about that was that at the time they were filming Silence of the Lambs in Pittsburgh, Jonathan Demme's film, she was actually on the set 
during some of those scenes that they filmed in the dungeon with Hannibal Lecter and Jodie Foster. So she was present at the time because she was a student at Carnegie Mellon. So she was able to share with us some of those stories. And it's special to have had her on the pod. My episode number 66 about Michael Mann's film Thief is also special to me because it features... It features my friend James Kittle, who I uh, was was one of my closest friends for a long stretch of time when I lived in New Haven, Connecticut after college. We get a little bit into our uh, good old bad old days story, and I'm a huge fan of Michael Mann, huge fan of the film. Uh, So it was really fun to revisit that and also talk a little bit about those New Haven days with James. And sometimes I have used the podcast to pay homage to people that are important to me that maybe, you know, you don't always feel like you could just call someone up and say, Hey, James, I was just thinking about how important you were to my life at that time. And I don't think I ever really gave you proper credit at the time for how important and influential you were in my life. So I just wanted to have you on this podcast to tell you that sometimes it's that overt when I have people like that on the pod, other times I'm doing it because they happened to pop up and I went down the, the wormhole of our friendship and having them on the pod as a way of communicating that to the world and preserving that and having something that I could listen to kind of selfishly. Uh, Thief is an episode like that. Similarly, episode 91, which is Pink Floyd's Live at Pompeii concert film, is hugely important to me because as I look back now, there was a very fateful meeting that occurred when I was a kind of lonely uh, teenager in my first or second year of high school in a town that my mom and I had moved to that I really disliked and I really didn't have close friends. And I met two guys and those two guys took me back to one of, uh, they were were also local high school students. And uh, we went back to one of their homes and watched live at Pompeii. And my life was forever altered. And you can hear both of those guys, Chris and Roy, in that episode. Another very special episode to me because their friendship at that time really transformed my life and introduced me into a whole world that I had really had no idea existed prior to. So that's a super special episode. Similarly, episode 103 is a little bit more of a comedic take. It's a solo episode where I talk a little bit about going to a recent Bob Dylan concert post-pandemic. And then I also flash back to attending a Pink Floyd concert at Nassau Coliseum with my friend Chris and recount some amazingly psychedelic stories that occurred at that concert. That's an important and special one. Uh, Episode 69 is 12 Angry Men, Sidney Lumet's brilliant courtroom drama film. But it also features my friend Brian Thompson, who has got just an unbelievable life story. This guy has survived addiction, traumatic childhood, jail, uh, just... (laughs) an incredible person with an incredible life story that we really walk through over the course of this uh, episode. And that was another one that's really important to me to put put this down with Brian because he's got such an incredible uh, redemption story of getting his life together after just an unbelievably difficult uh, childhood and early adulthood life. 
Super impressive guy who's even more impressive because subsequent to us recording that episode, he's had a double lung transplant and is now like jumping out of planes and going on fishing trips and just living his best life. So I should have Brian on again to catch us all up on what he's been up to. So episode 69, 12 Angry Men is a really fascinating uh, story where Brian's sharing all these great stories about growing up in Chinatown in New York City and running with gangs. And it's crazy, really good. Uh, and episode 92 uh, is about the Rockford Files. And that's kind of, that's a solo episode. The Rockford Files was really important to me at not a great part of my life, kind of an isolated, difficult part. And I really, really leaned hard on the Rockford Files for solace and comfort. And I talk a little bit in that episode about how I found that in the still photograph musical opening of the Rockford Files and in James Garner's just brilliantly whimsical warmth and heart and humor. And uh, that episode is special to me because the Rockford Files was special to me. And finally, to wrap this up, I just want to talk about some of the episodes I've done that are favorite films of mine. So if you're really looking to hear movies that I truly love and appreciate above and beyond just my usual love and appreciation for a film, some of the episodes you could check uh, and I think you can hear that in will be things like episode 114, Blade Runner, uh, episode 110, the Italian TV series Gamora. For my money, I think it's the greatest television series ever made. It's superior in terms of crime television to The Wire. It's superior in terms of crime television to The Sopranos. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece of art and one of the greatest things I've ever watched. Episode 102 is The Beatles Get Back. Uh, really enjoyed that. Rockford Files, as I said, live at Pompeii, episode 88, Master and Commander. Huge fan of that film. Huge fan of that underappreciated film. And I really wanted to capture for all time my appreciation for the music, for the, the way male friendship is depicted, and just a brilliant, brilliant technical execution of a difficult film. Fargo with Lee Wilkoff, I mentioned, episode 78. Big Lebowski, 77. Network, episode 74. Alien, episode 67. Episode 63, 7. Episode 61, After Hours. Brilliant Martin Scorsese film. Brilliant New York City film. One of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite films. Episode 57, Out of Sight. Love Out of Sight. Love Soderbergh. And... That film features a great cameo performance by the director of Chameleon Street. Uh, so that's a secondary appreciation that goes on there. All the President's Men, episode 55, always been one of my favorite films. Episode 52, I think, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa, one of my favorite films rocketed up to probably my favorite Tarantino film after Jackie Brown, which I still need to do on the pod. Huge fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't really get to do the film much justice in this episode because this was an episode that I recorded kind of right after seeing the movie. So it's sort of more just fanning out over how amazing it was the first time I saw it. Subsequent, I think it's a it's worthwhile a re-exploration. Uh, I've talked with a couple of people about maybe coming on the pod and doing that. So I really want to do a longer form, more in-depth episode about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because... That's, that's a movie that I had the experience of, wow, this movie is being made just for me. So I had a really intense, I, it's, it's just, it's a brilliant film. It's got, it contains multitudes. So I want to talk more about that. Uh, episode 50, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think I say in this episode, I realized in doing the prep for it that I wasn't a Star Wars kid growing up. 
I was a Close Encounters kid. And that's a that's a division, I think, there. Uh, hugely important film to me as a kid. Um, I think it spoke to me with the single mom character. Uh, it spoke to me in so many different ways. I love it. It still is a phenomenal film to revisit. That's one of my favorite episodes. Episode 48, Being There. Episode 46, Moonstruck, is a great episode, if I say so myself. That is a brilliant film to discuss. It's an incredible making of story. It's a film I think we all know and love, but in doing the episode, even more amazing stuff was revealed about the movie that I was really glad we were able to share with people. Episode 44, Light Sleeper. Episode 41, Local Hero. Episode 40, All That Jazz, Do the Right Thing. Oh, Terms of Endearment, episode 29, another film that's hugely important to me. Uh, I'm not sure Chris really loved it quite as much as I did, but you can hear me kind of fan out over it. We play a lot of great clips. We get really into interesting kind of acting stuff and making of stuff. Really, really good episode. Really great movie. Also, episode 28, Heathers, is, an, is one of those films where as you jump into it and you start talking about it, you realize this was a really special moment for everybody involved and that the attention to detail on the production design really allowed something special to occur, and it did. Episode 27, Point Break. Man, Bodhi, Swayze. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm not sure Chris was, but I love that film unashamedly, and you can hear that in episode 27. Episode 26, Brazil. Another film that was monumentally important to me as a young person. I can still remember walking out of the York Square Cinema in New Haven, Connecticut upon release and being blown away. And I realized after the fact, and I think we talk about it in the episode, I was watching like the sanitized, cleaned up, happy ending version, as opposed to Terry Gilliam's preferred ending. Episode 21, Chameleon Street, as I mentioned. Episode 17, The Thing. Wow, what a great film from John Carpenter. Episode 12, Roma as a more recent film, blown away by Roma. I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. I really would like to revisit Roma. Um, that episode was really about just a fundamental cinematic viewing experience of profound power and just being uh, captured by someone's filmic worldview so totally. So Roma episode 12 and episode one, Saturday Night Fever, because it's a great film. It's our very first episode. And that will give you a little something to chew on for the new fan of the Full Cast and Crew podcast. As I said, please like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever profile you like. Hit us up there. Send us an email. Recommend films. Tell me what you think about episodes. Keep in touch. Keep listening. We do it for you and you alone. There's never going to be ads or commercials or other unnecessary interruptions. So thank you so much for discovering the pod. Thank you for giving us a listen. And I hope that you find something in here that you like. Until next time, this has been the Field Guide to the Full Cast and Crew podcast. Podcast.